Welcome. So good to see your smiling faces. Not so much. Although blue and black never looks so better. So, so good. Um, my name is Pastor Daryl. You can call me Daryl. I don't know why I just said Pastor Daryl as if that was part of my name, but actually I prefer if you don't call me Pastor Daryl, we'll just be fine. Um, but my lovely wife and um, my son here who were on the front row at some point, um, we get the opportunity uh, to lead this church. And yes, I do sing as well as preach. Um, so bear with me. We're going to be uh, starting a new sermon series of which I'm extremely happy and excited about. It's called Managing Your Emotions, right? We got one person's pretty happy about that. Come on, how many know that we're to be spirit-led and not necessarily feeling-led, you know, led by our feelings and our emotions? And too many believers struggle with being more led by their emotions than they do being led by the spirit. And so God has an answer for this. And it's in his word, and we're going to turn to the word today to help us navigate uh, through this sermon series. If you could, with me, just bow your heads, and we're going to pray and just open the service up, and uh, this time of proclaiming God's word up. We need his help. Listen, you obviously have not come to hear me, but you've come to hear, hopefully, from the Lord, and I believe that the Lord wants to speak, Uh, so we're going to invite him to do such. Jesus we do, not that you need one, but we invite you, Lord. And when we say we invite you, we're simply just saying, God, we want you here. We, we want you near. We want your spirit to breathe upon the word today, God, and bring the scripture to life that it might transform us today and help us, God. We just ask, Lord, for the spirit's help this morning that our hearts would be open, that our ears would hear. And and, and by that, God, we would be transformed into the image of your son, Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you could turn with me to Psalms 34. That's where we're going to be camping out for the most part. Well, it's going to be our main text. Three verses in the book of Psalms. Starting in verse 17, we read this. When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Right away, it's a good verse. (laughs) Let me read that again, just in case you weren't listening. When the righteous, that is the people of God, cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them, not out of some trouble, but all trouble. (laughs) That's a pretty bold statement, David. This is the psalmist, David. We read on in verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Again, not just some, but all. Isn't that a good word today? I mean, if you're holding on to the grace of God, And things are rough in your life, man, a scripture like this just gives you hope, right? All of our troubles, he delivers us from all, not just some, but all. Let's just frame this a little bit here in verse 17 again. What happens when the righteous cry out for help? The Lord hears. (laughs) The Lord hears us, guys. Wrap your Western mind around that for a little bit. I know we tend to be more fascinated by news feeds and 
Elon Musk and such, but how about the God of universe, the universe hears the cries of the righteous? And what the word means by righteous is just the people of God. Listen, you and I, our righteousness are like filthy rags to God. But in Christ Jesus, ooh, you, that, we look pretty good to God. We look pretty good to God. We, we should take a moment. Matter of fact, we could take the whole service and just marvel at the fact that God hears his people when they cry for help. And I read that and it just gave me hope. God doesn't ignore us, right? He's not annoyed by us, right? He, he hears us, guys. He listens intently like a father listens to his son. And by the way, just a little disclosure, I am not a good listener to my child. <laughs> I, as a father, get annoyed sometimes. I get short. But here it is. God is so much other than. He is so much different than us. He is so much different. Maybe if you had a sore, sour relationship with your dad and you felt like he didn't listen or he didn't care when there was trouble in your life and when you had to bring things to his attention. But hey, listen, guess what? You have a friend in God. Come on, Toy Story 1 and 2 and 3. You got a friend in me. Come on, you love that song, Randy Newman? Brilliant. But God hears the cry of his people. And it's a specific kind of cry. It's a cry for help. How, how many have found themselves crying out for God's help in 2020, in the beginning of 2021? Listen, if you haven't, then you're probably not living. You should check your pulse. All right? It's been rather a rough couple of years. Well, I should say a year. And we're, we're, 2021 doesn't look all that much better. But God hears us. So not only does God hear us, but he delivers us. Come on, he delivers us from all our troubles. Again, not just some, but all. Now we need to find this word trouble because this is not like you got a parking ticket, you know, and, and you forgot to get your car registered. I think I'm behind a little bit in that front, but if I get pulled over, God most likely is not gonna deliver me from that kind of trouble, all right? If I get caught stealing, most likely I'm, I'm gonna have a price to pay. That's not the kind of trouble that God's gonna deliver you from. So what is this trouble that David is talking about? It simply means unfavorable circumstances. Anybody have any of those going on in their life? Unfavorable things, some circumstances just aren't going your way? I have a couple. But, but, but more specifically, uh, the emotional in, uh, impact and effect that those unfavorable circumstances have on our mind and on our soul and on our spirit. Anybody ever feel impacted internally by some things that just you like, why did that happen? You know, they may not have really interrupted anything physically, but in your heart, in your mind, and in your emotions, you feel it. You're just like, oh, that's painful. Well, this is what David is talking about when he means troubles. He's meaning that God will deliver your heart. He will heal your heart. That's what it means. Here's a couple other scriptures to just get our mind wrapped around this a little bit better. In Psalm 69, 29, we read this from the psalmist David as well. But I am afflicted, and in pain. That's not a physical pain that David's talking about. That's an emotional pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. The psalm here in chapter 69 is a prayer of desperation. David is hated <laughs> at this moment in his life. 
And he realizes because of the hate of his enemies, he may lose his life. And so his heart is in distress. And he's saying at this moment, God, my heart is afflicted with pain. David is clearly shaken up emotionally. The word pain here means he was experiencing mental distress. Come on, anybody, anybody relate? Come on. I know this is a church we should be, you know, I don't know what we should be doing, but, uh, you know, uh, but anybody have those moments where just the things you're experiencing, the hardship you're experiencing you, is just causing you mental, like, ah, oh, that is just not, no. So David was experiencing mental distress or mental anguish. Here's another one in Psalms 109, 22. David says this, for I am poor and needy. Now, David was not poor. <laughs> you know, financially, God was, you know, doing all right. <laughs> okay, So he's not, he's not poor. So what kind of poverty is he talking about? Again, this psalm is, is said to be written when uh, Solomon, if you, you remember the story, was after David's life. David became pretty popular in his time. And, and he was popular at one point, then the king of Israel, Saul, and because of that popularity, Saul wanted him dead because he was more favored by the people. And so again, David is in, he's distressed, he's in anguish. He's, oh my goodness, like, like, like I am poor and needy. My heart is stricken within me. I mean, I can relate to that. Not that anybody wants to kill me, but I know what, it's, what it feels like to be heart sick. And then Psalms 42, verse 11, we read this. I'm sorry if I yell. It's kind of like a family thing. Um, my mom did it. Her mom did it. Uh, I married a yeller, and we just, uh, my son is a yeller. Nothing is really, we don't talk. We just kind of, hey! You know, but anyways, uh, Psalms 42, 11. Just in case if anybody was wondering, why is he yelling? Like, we're right here. He's got a microphone. Anyways, Psalms 42, 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Again, the focus of Psalm, this Psalm is similar to the focus that David has in Psalms 34. It, it, it draws attention, these three texts draw attention to the emotional impact. I guess that's where I'm trying to go. The emotional impact that unfavorable circumstances have on our lives as believers. And, and, and in that, we have hope. Unlike the world, we have a great hope. Why? Because God's aim is to deliver the troubled. Let, let me say that again because some of you should be clapping. God's aim, his goal, his focus, his objective, his mission is to deliver people like this, people like you and me. Let's use the Bible to illustrate this. Uh, but before we do, let's hone in again on the word delivered. What does that mean? Well, it simply means to be taken out of unfavorable circumstances and be placed into favorable circumstances. Is simply what it means. God takes you out of those hard situations and places you into good and glorious ones. Here's a little illustration of what I mean in Acts chapter 12. Is it okay we've used the Bible uh, to define some of these terms? You guys falling asleep? I mean, this is the word of God. It's not the word of your friend. It's not the word of the news feed on Facebook and social media. This is the word of God. Here we go in Acts chapter 12, 5 through 11. 
We're using Paul's, I'm sorry, not Paul's, but Peter's imprisonment as an example. In verse five, we read this in the book of Acts. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains and guards stood at the entrance. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared and a light was shown in the cell. He, he struck Peter on the side. This is the angel and woke him up. He said, get up. He said, the chains had fell off of Peter's wrist. I'm sorry, my son's texting as I'm, I'm preaching and it's coming up on my iPad. I, 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 was, I, I was super confused. But anyways, verse eight, the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him. Peter followed him out of prison, but he had no idea what, was, what the angel was doing uh, was really happening to him at that moment. He thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gates leading to the city. It opened by itself. That's amazing. And they went through. When they had walked the length of that street, suddenly the angel left and Peter came to his senses. Isn't that a, a phenomenal thing? And this is Peter's resolve. He says, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel, what? To rescue me from Herod's clutches and everything that the Jewish people were hoping to happen will not happen. Here's a little image of what it, what it, what it looks like to, to be taken out of prison per se in, in Peter's context, right? and be taken out of this pretty dire situation, uh, being and possibly suffering at the hands of Herod and the Jewish people, he's quickly snatched out of that by the angel of the Lord, and he's taken out of prison, and he's free. Notice with me, if you would, the prayers that are coming from where? The church. Doesn't that sound a lot like Psalms 34? The Lord what? Hears the cries of his people. I think it's interesting that in this case, it's not Peter who's crying out. It seems to be in the book of Acts. It's the church. And God is hearing the church and God is responding to the church. Now, this is uh, conjecture, uh, but I don't think the people that day were praying for Peter to have a, just a good night rest and, and some good food and a nice bed to sleep. Uh, uh, the night in jail. I, I think they were praying for his rescue. I think that they were praying for his freedom. Again, it's not in the Bible, but I think, I think we could put it there without becoming too heretical. So, God hears the cries of the righteous. God delivers them from their troubles. And then thirdly, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And he saves the crushed in spirit. Really, the premise and the hope that I have today is that you're convinced before leaving this place that God hears, God heals, and God delivers. My hopes is that we can build this series in the next three to four weeks upon that truth when, we, when we're thinking about managing our emotion. And that is that we're not alone in this. That, that we can't really, even by our own strength, do that. We can't, we can't in our own 
white-knuckling our way through, like, like I'm going to manage my emotions. We can't do that. It's by God's Spirit. And right here, God makes a commitment to do that. You're hearing me. Like, you're not a victim, guys, today to your emotions. Why? Because God hears, God heals, and God delivers. Come on. I don't know. I, for somebody who's a, an emotional basket case, meaning myself, I, I take great uh, joy and security and comfort in this. So God is near the brokenhearted. Why, why is this important? Why is this important? Hear me. Hear me. Because most of us think that God is anything but close when our heart is hurting. We, we, I, I feel as though sometimes in the church we just feel like God distanced himself from our pain. Listen, God did not distance himself from, from pain at all. He sent actually himself to the world to suffer many things that you and I suffer today and even more gruesome things than we suffer today. So God, but anything withdraws and like, oh, I, you know, I can't take it. I'm not again, you emotional basket case. Can't you get it together? No. Why are you broken? Can't you just be healed? Come on. Look what I did for you. No, that's not God. God says I'm near to the broken hearted. I don't know. I find great comfort in that. I find great comfort in that. Again, as an illustration, we want to use Jesus' story of when his good friend Lazarus died. Listen, in, in, you know, at first, this may not seem all that remarkable to you, but when we kind of go over the scene and, and the story a little bit more, I'm sure it will become very remarkable and precious. Here in verse 33 of John chapter 11, says this, and when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and Jesus was troubled. The son of God. Get, he, this, I didn't say me. I didn't say you, your best friend or your mom or your dad. I said God, the son, was troubled. Don't humanize Christ that much. He was moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, Christ asked. The people said, come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. <laughs> then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Now, here's the remarkable thing. Jesus weeps fully knowing that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He fully relates to the pain of that audience, those women, knowing that he is going to say, Lazarus, come forth. Talk about a God who sympathizes, friends. I mean, if that was me, I'd come in. What are you all weeping for? Lazarus! Come forth. Suck it up! But Jesus doesn't, right? He gets into the mix. He's feeling the pain and the sorrow and the sadness of those who've lost someone dear to them. And he himself weeps fully knowing he is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. No, we don't serve a God who distanced himself from our pain. No, we don't, guys. Come on. 
And if he sympathizes in that moment with those people fully knowing he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, how much more will he sympathize with you and I and our pain and our struggle? That's okay. If we're going to clap, let's be committed to it. Thank you, Joe. Jeez, guys. Far too white up in this piece. Jesus wept. The truth is, guys, he is near to those who are in pain. He is close to the broken. Not only is he close, close, but he heals and he delivers. Now, what's important to all of this is that just this just doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? Again, I wanna I wanna highlight something that we talked about earlier. What is our job? I mean, we have a job. I think sometimes we kind of just sit back and grovel in our pain thinking, oh, you know, if Jesus wants to, he will. Hey, I'm waiting. I'm hurting. I'm just, you know, just, woe is me. What is our role? What is our job? We cry out. We pray. Right? The psalm says, when the righteous cry, God hears. It doesn't say when the righteous sit back and grovel and, and woe is me and play the victim. It, it says when the righteous cry out to me, when my people pray and talk to me, I hear. So no, you don't just get to sit back hoping that Christ will just come and heal your pain. You talk. You, you pray. You cry out to God and he helps. That's what we see here. That's what we see here in both the book of Acts and, and we see in, in the Gospels. It was upon, I'm sorry, in the book of Acts, yes, in the Gospels, where he raises Lazarus from the dead, we see people crying out, oh, Lord, if you were just here earlier, he wouldn't be dead. You know, this is, this is probably the sentiments of the people here in the book of Acts. And then, of course, I'm sorry, in, in the Gospel, and then in the book of Acts, you have the church crying out to God, deliver Peter from his trouble, God. And in both cases, God responds. Now, application. Um, I feel that we are conditioned uh, to find other means to heal w when trouble hits and the heart hurts. Let me, let me say that again. We are conditioned, uh, I think, to find other means. I don't think. I, I know this because I know me, and this is what I do, and everything is common among the brethren according to the Bible. So if I do it, I'm sure you do it because we're humans and we're not all that special. We're very similar in many ways, but we are conditioned to find other means and other ways to, to get our heart healed when it hurts. There's so much right to distract us in this life, from Netflix to news feeds, from family to friendships. We have plenty of distractions and relationships that can, we can turn to when our heart feels troubled. But I don't know if it's actually working. I can honestly say for myself, it's not. A quick story about an experience that I had regarding this sermon is not too long ago. I say not too long ago. It was probably about two years ago, so that's, that's quite some time. Um, if you could imagine, this is going to be hard for you to imagine. Somebody said something very hurtful about me. I know. It's, it's, it comes as a surprise. I... 
Two of you got that. Um, but somebody said something very hurtful. And at the time of like hearing, and they said it to my face, you know, it wasn't like something that, I don't know if they said it behind my back, but they certainly gave me the luxury of saying it to my face. And that was nice. That was good. I'd rather that happen than the other. Uh, and, but yet at the time, I didn't know how much it really bothered me, right? I didn't really know how much it really affected and impacted my heart. And, you know, around that time, I began, um, actually, I didn't begin seeing. My wife <laughs> brought attention to it. Um, but I began to really, like, just binge-watching television and, like, you know, like, really just, like, immersed in social media. I just, whenever she would come in, and it probably still happens from time to time, but um, I remember this season very well. Uh, but, but for a couple days, I was just stuck. I was, I, and I, I really didn't know. I thought I was just trying to get you know, some reprieve and relax and unwind. I just want to see what's going on in everybody else's world and life. I want to watch a lot of television. But, but she, she called me out and, and she kind of drew my attention to some of the words that this person had said and she tried to help me connect the dots. But at the time, I'm like, babe, like, this is Daryl. Like, I, like I, I, what they said, it really does not matter. It doesn't affect me. Um, later that same day, as she called me out, I went to the Lord in prayer and it was about five minutes into uh, just praying and, and, and spending some time with the Lord, I, I started to quickly um, connect to just how hurt I was about what was said and what was done. I, I mean, up until that point, I, I, I honestly, just being totally honest, I didn't know. But man, I got into God's presence and I shortly found out just how hard that hurt my heart, and, and, and it was. And it's the weirdest thing, but it's actually what we're talking about today. God immediately came and started healing that, that pain and, and, and that, that hurt, and I was just like, oh, it was a rich, glorious moment. I'm, I'm speaking like, it, like it's happening now. Like I just remember the closeness and the real feeling of God's nearness and his love and his healing power. And so in this case, I want to stand up and just give testimony that this stuff really works. And sometimes we can uh, uh, you know, hide in other means and hoping that it will just distract us from our pain and our sorrow and things that we're grieved over. But yet when we start to just get before God's presence, he comes in and he starts to heal. And he says, hey, son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you together. Because, you know, there's not anyone in this world that carries, cares more about your well-being, your emotional well-being, than God the Father. And, and friends, let me tell you, the need for emotional strength you may not know what that means right now, but we're, gonna, we're, we're hoping to define it these next three to four weeks. But the need for emotional strength, not, not the determination and the strength of, oh, babe, I'm good. It didn't really bother me. That's not, that's false strength. That's not strength. I'm talking about God's strength. The need for emotional strength that comes from God is going to be so necessary in these days to come. We best learn by the Spirit how to manage our emotion, or these times are gonna manage us. And it ain't gonna look pretty, folk. 
And so it works. This stuff really works. Now, you're probably thinking, when is he done? I'm done. But before I get there, I want to just conclude with this, my hope. My, my hope is to convince you, as I've been convinced, that again, God hears, God heals, and God delivers. Our part simply is this. We have to come to him. I, 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 can't, I hope I've emphasized that, and I hope you feel that. I hope you leave with that today, that you have to get up from your couch. You have to put the phone down. You, you have to create space, and, and you have to get in the presence of God. It, it just doesn't happen because God wants it to happen. Of course, he could but that's not necessarily the way it works. God has set it up in the way that you come halfway in that you cry out and you bring your pain and your emotional bankruptcy and brokenness to God. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. So that's my hope. And this is my question. And this is where I want to leave it for today. My question is this, are you, meaning you, turning to the Lord in prayer for emotional strength and healing? If not, this week would be a good week to ask God those hard questions. Who or what are you turning to? It's good to take an honest, assessment and observation of like, you know, God, where am I in this? Who am I? Am I, like Pastor Daryl said, am I turning to you? Am I coming to you in prayer? That stuff is good. That stuff is healthy. And, 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 and guys, this week you should be asking that question and, and, and allowing God to speak freely and openly to you and to challenge you. Maybe, just maybe, you're going to the wrong things you're hearing the wrong people. And as a consequence of that, you are stuck. And God wants us unstuck. He wants us healed and victorious. So that's my hope. That's my conclusion. It's, man, it's so necessary. It's always necessary. But I can't, I can't um, you know, in light of the times that we're in, I mean, this is always necessary, meaning the need for emotional strength and healing is always important and always something that we should um, emphasize and uh, um, um, look for and look to God for. But man, in these days, the need is ever so great. And, and in the church, because, you know, like, like we're the people that are supposed to be what? Led by who? The Spirit of God. You've been given something that the world does not have, friends. You've been given something that Fox News does not have, that CNN does not have, that, that, your, that your favorite politician does not have, that your favorite artist does not have. You've been given the Holy Spirit 
wants to lead. He wants to direct your path. And he wants to put your feet not on what the pundits say about things, not about what the newscaster says and what this news outlet says or that news feed says or this friend who's not saved says. He wants your feet firmly placed upon the rock of his son. And so we're going to work to get there. We're going to believe that God is going to do some glorious things during this series on managing your emotions. Let's pray. Father, I've, I've done my best and I'm trusting you on the rest. Lord, I'm trusting you to help us through this season. God, I'm trusting you to help us navigate through this word and to put it into practice, to not just be hearers, but doers. I'm trusting you for that, God. I imagine that the word is falling on good ground, Lord, that's soft and ready to receive and ground that will be watered over the week. But I imagine, Lord, that some seed is falling on hard ground and the birds will quickly come and snatch it away. I realize these things, God, but we're asking for something supernatural to take place in this moment, that you would prepare the ground of our hearts, Lord, that the ground here might receive the word of God, and in it we might be changed, and that seed might grow into a plentiful harvest. God, we, we, we want to be whole and healed in our emotions, Lord. We want to not hide away and pull away and withdraw from you, but we want to be a people who come, cry out and pray and bring our pain and bring our hurt to you. And so, Father, I ask Jesus that Your spirit would be at work throughout this week in our lives and our hearts that this word would not come back void and empty but it would produce such a great and wonderful thing within all of our lives we pray this in your son's name